This is Emily Wright, Editorial Director of the Tomorrow Fair, and welcome to the latest in our series of Tomorrow Talks podcasts. I'm joined today by Dr. Bissan Al-Azikani, Head of Data Science at the Institute of Cancer Research. Hello, how are you? I'm well, thank you. You say you're well. We, I know you have a bit of a cough today. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll try and make it interfere as little as possible. We're going to see how we get on. Um, so thank you so much for joining me, and um, anyone who came to... The first Tomorrow Talks at the Design Museum on the 19th of January will have seen you in full form there um, as one of our headline speakers. And it was a, it was a wonderful presentation and it would be great, I think, for the benefit of our listeners to go over some of that in a bit more depth. Um, so would you mind just starting off by explaining a bit more about what it is that you do, what you're working on at the moment um, at the Institute of Cancer Research, particularly around big data? Absolutely. So I am a computational biologist, which means I apply computers to answer key biological questions, and of course, in this case, particularly around cancer and cancer therapy. And the areas that I'm particularly interested in are twofold. Number one, through understanding the molecular causes of cancer. So this is which genes are driving the different types of cancer and and especially the most aggressive forms of cancer. Can we discover new drugs and treatments for them to help us tackle these terrible diseases? And secondly, we all know that different patients are different, different cancers are different, and different patients respond differently to treatment. So can we predict the best treatments to give to any one individual patient at any one time. And the way we do this uh, is through collecting an awful lot of data from patients, from cancer cells in the laboratory, from the publications and the scientific literature, pulling them together in an intelligent way into these vast databases and then applying computer science technologies, machine learning and artificial intelligence technologies to analyze these data and come up with predictions that help us decide which of these genes we should follow up for drug discovery and which treatments or treatment combinations are most suitable for any one particular patient. And that requires uh, sort of the combination of a different areas of science from biology and chemistry all the way to computer science. Do you think there is an understanding both within the medical profession and beyond, because cancer is obviously something that like a lot of things, but particularly cancer that really resonates with everybody. Do you think there is enough understanding around the benefits of using big data and computer technology in a very biological environment? Absolutely. Everybody would have heard about the Human Genome Project and the Cancer Genome Project, where it's really been at the forefront of generating very large data sets and applying smart statistical analyses to these data sets in order to help us understand the causes of cancer. So this has been a growing field over the past 10, 15 years, and we've become really very good at, for example, analyzing the genomes of thousands of cancer patients and performing statistical analyses to identify underlying genetic drivers of these cancers. So that bit has been very well established. Where we have not really made the link so well in using these computations and especially using the machine learning components is how we then take these and actually transform them into real therapies for the patients and really um, applying them to the patients in, in the clinic. And this is one of the things that 
um, for example, my team at the, at the ICR have been really innovating in and, and, and working very hard on. So, for example, for drug discovery, for, for identifying novel treatments for cancer, we, like I said, you can apply these really smart computational and statistical techniques to identify drivers of cancer, but that might give you hundreds of candidates at any one time. And then what do you do? Drug discovery is a very complex, expensive, and protracted activity that often fails at some point in the process. And so the question is, which of these hundreds of targets do you pick? We can't afford to work on all of them. And then each of them comes with a risk of failure. And so one of the first things that we did in my team when I joined the ICR uh, about eight years ago was we actually, we developed this huge database, data resource called CANSAR. And that brings together billions of experimental data points from across different areas of science, from genomics, uh, from chemistry, pharmacology, uh, x-ray crystallography, both clinical and preclinical data. What's x-ray crystallography? <laughs> X-ray crystallography is a scientific technique that allows us to actually peer into the molecular structure and the three-dimensional molecular structure of the underlying genes and proteins within our cells. And this allows us to visualize in a, in a genuine way, in a three-dimensional way, the gene products, so the proteins that are functioning within our cells, but also that when they go wrong, we can get the cancer and these are the things that you want to drug. And they provide these very beautiful models, actually, of, of how these proteins work within the cells, but they also provide very useful information that you can analyze. And what this gives us is basically billions of experimental data points across different domains of science. And so once you integrate them, then you've got to analyze them and navigate to them. And my team here have, um, as part of this council resource, additionally developed a number of machine learning uh, algorithms that predict, that utilize these really massive data and predict which targets, you know, which of these cancer genes are most likely to be successful in drug discovery. It's not 100% proof, but it certainly allows us to focus our efforts on the genes that are most likely to be productive from a drug discovery point of view. And we provide these uh, database and all these capabilities to the public domain, so it's freely available to everyone to, to help them tackling these questions in cancer. But it also really underpins our decision-making and, and uh, our decision-making in our own drug discovery here at the Institute of Cancer Research. So we're very good at drug discovery. We have almost 20 drugs, over 20 drugs, in fact, in uh, clinical or preclinical development for cancer. And um, we're con constantly feeding this very successful pipeline through our ability to utilize these really large data in a useful way and help us make the best decisions using them. And what do you think the future of cancer research, diagnosis, treatment, and then ultimately, ultimately the cure holds? I mean, it's something that everybody talks about, isn't it? You know, searching for that, for that cure. And I know it's, it's, it's much more complex than that because it's a very complex disease. Um, and there's no one cure fits all. But, but what do you see the future being now that we are employing this big data and becoming a lot more advanced in, in terms of the research that you're doing? 
I'm actually really optimistic and excited about the future. So what you've got to remember is, firstly, cancer isn't even a single disease, right? So cancer is hundreds of separate diseases. And the reason they're grouped together under one umbrella is because they manifest in a growth. That's all it is. It's one of our normal cells that form our body that starts multiplying out of control. But what's actually driving this out-of-control behavior are very, very different mechanisms, and that's why there are different diseases that we group together and call them cancer. The good news is that actually we're probably a lot better at curing cancer than, than we may imagine we are. The latest statistics are showing that almost half of cancer patients are cured using one of the treatments that we provide, one of the therapies that we provide at the moment, be it surgery, radiotherapy, or, or drug treatment. So that's the good news. The bad news is it means that the other half, of course, we can't treat. And importantly, one of the major problems that the cancer community are really pushing hard to tackle right now is drug resistance. So this is very parallel and akin to antibiotic resistance that we hear about a lot in the news where, you know, bugs in in the hospital or whatever become resistant to the antibiotics that we give them. Well, cancer cells are also capable of, of developing resistance to previously successful cancer treatments. So that's the big challenge going forward. These rarer cancers that we have failed to treat and this, uh, what we call the heterogeneity and the diversity of the different cancers, especially when they become resistant to the drugs. The wonderful thing is that at the same time, we are generating more data than ever. So, for example, genome sequencing is becoming an awful lot cheaper and easier to do. Uh, and we're becoming much smarter at collecting these data and putting them in one place. And so we are not only optimistic here at the Institute, but also we are committed that we are now going to utilize these integrated different types of data to not only come up with better treatments and general treatments, but really to start honing in on the individual patient. And so our aspiration, it is a very brave aspiration, but we I really have a lot of faith that we can achieve it is that in five years time we'll be able to start trials that allow us to tailor individual therapy combinations to each individual patient at that time and then monitor how they respond to the drug and adapt these therapy combinations to them as they go. And what this would allow us to do is start becoming a lot smarter, sort of go to the next level of our ability to to treat the patients where at the moment, for example, we're very good at identifying certain genetic biomarkers that say certain patients with a particular genetic mutation would respond to this drug. So we're already good at doing that. The next level is to say that individual patient at the specific point in time with these particular characteristics and background information will respond to this drug combination best. And this may be very different to the patient on the next bed, which may have a very similar type of cancer, but we would tailor the therapy differently to them. I see that as the future of cancer therapy, and I see it only becoming achievable through real joint-upness of the data between the biology, the chemistry, and the physics world, and also by involving the patient in in gathering these data and in the decision-making that goes through. And this might be um, a, a tough question or, you know, how long is a piece of string, but you mentioned five years and that, that aspiration, which, which sounds incredibly exciting and promising and I think for a lot of people very reassuring and it's great to know we've got 
people like you working on this and using that big data and, and coming up with the therapies that we're going to need going forward. At the moment, you say around about half of people are are cured and half are not. Do you? How do you see that figure looking in five years' time? I would obviously like to see it um, improving massively, and the improvement has to come from a combination of improved therapies, but also improved earlier detection. And it's that earlier detection that I think uh, a sort of a better partnership between the research and medical community and the patients is where that's going to yield. So more involvement and an education of the general public around what to look for, um, maybe using technology to enable them and empower them in sort of following up their own lifestyles and, and what they observe that is going on with their own bodies and coming up with ways to allow them to reach out to the medical community earlier and help us together collectively to be able to diagnose cancer earlier. I think the combination of this earlier diagnosis and improved therapeutic uh, possibilities that's going to drive this number to be a much better number in the future. Thank you, um, Dr. Alazakani, for joining me today. Really appreciate it.